0: Take thou authority to preach the gospel. Indeed, I look upon all the
1: world as my parish. I'm Beth Estock.
2: And I'm Paul Nixon. Field Preachers podcast is dedicated to conversations with people who are pioneering new things with God.
1: And while the multi ethnic church may not be a brand new thing, certainly there is a renaissance of sorts underway where the multi-ethnic churches are developing in greater numbers than we have seen in our lifetimes.
2: Today we have with us Andrew Lau, who is the founding pastor of Cornerstone Christian Community Church in Markham, Ontario, which is a a suburb of Toronto. Andrew, welcome to Field Preachers Podcast.
0: Hello, Paul, and hi, Beth. Uh, Nice to be with you guys. Looking forward to... uh, sharing our stories and learning together.
2: Andrew, I first met you almost 20 years ago. It's hard to believe that that much time has gone by. I believe you were with the team that came to visit my church in Florida. Is that, were you on that? Yeah, we were in the first team, yes, that's right. You you had a new church, Cornerstone, that was um, dreaming of building a community center rather than a traditional um, church facility. And you brought your team to Florida, um where we had cr- created a community center based church, and you s- kind of studied what we were doing and some of our neighbors. Um...
0: It was uh, it was an amazing uh, experience. yes, We first of course uh, got to know about your ministry down in Florida by reading your book uh, when we were in the conference. I say, hey, you know what Paul is writing is really aligned with our vision. So after our capital campaign, we just thought we we need to uh, do a field trip. Take a, a team of five of us. Uh, we went down to Gulf Breeze, of course, and visited your church. And we lo- we learned so much. And a big file. And afterwards, we had a big presentation to the to the congregation about what we have learned. So it saved us so so much so much uh, uh, time and and resource to to research. But but that experience was golden to us.
2: Well, you've been teaching me a lot over the decades as well. I've been to Toronto a couple of times to visit. Um, the first time when I came and I preached, um, you, you were meeting at that time in a public school auditorium. That was the early 2000s. Um, your church was mostly Chinese heritage people at that time. Um, I came back a few years later when you finally were opening the Cornerstone Center, your first facility, and there were probably, I don't know, 800 people in worship that morning. And it seemed like at least half were other than Asian, that the church had become much more diverse.
0: What happened? What happened? Miracle happened. And uh, it's, it's uh, one of those astounding things, looking back, uh, as you mentioned earlier, when we first came out as a, as a church plant uh, with 35 adults and two non-Chinese, two uh, white, you know, uh, European uh, descent, and uh, all of us basically were second-gen English-speaking uh, Chinese, uh, you know, heritage. So when we uh, invited you to speak to us for our first campaign, we had about 110 adults at that time, maybe 25, 30 kids, and um, at that time, maybe we had about 20 non-Chinese in our midst. So by the time when you came the second time, when we opened uh, our our centered uh, six years ago you came we had close to 30 different country of origins and uh you know over maybe 300 probably about 350 people around that time and the, the Sunday you came to to preach it was probably close to oh I don't know uh eight 850 or 900 people probably 35 different country of origins so um I think it's just how God uh, worked with us and, and bring the different people and the, and the staff and, and the right people uh, to help us to really uh, um, fulfill the vision that God has given us. So, I mean, this is a, a, a short summary, but uh, if you want to, you know, if you want me to, to elaborate a little bit, I would love to, yep. to do that too.
1: So I understand, Andrew, that um, you are this this church that you planted was actually a daughter church of uh, a church that was made primarily up of first generation immigrants from Hong Kong. So how did they feel about you and this daughter church expanding the cultural bandwidth, so to speak?
0: Well, I think uh, it, it was it was kind of something very, uh, unique, uh, to them because at that time we're, we're talking about over 25 years ago. Uh, there's no, really no Chinese church had really done that from, from a ethnic based church, trying to go out to, to reach out to the, um, you know, uh, the, the, the majority of, of, uh, of the culture, uh, diverse group and so on. Uh, we, we announced the vision and, and, uh, we had about ninety-five people show up to to hear about the possibility, and then after two, three months, it dwindled down to thirty-five. So, uh, but the mother church was very encouraging. They they still uh, supported us with finance and and trying to provide all that uh, we need uh, uh, during that time. But it was it was a uh, there was definitely a, a, a struggle for the older generation because um, they they would rather see their younger ones to stay within the same congregation, the same location, because that's the Chinese culture, where you don't, you don't break up the family. So when we first did that, there was a little bit of tension with, with some of the older generation. And, um, but overall, they, they were very encouraging.
2: So Andrew, Cornerstone's leadership, um, as you were your planting team, you decided that you wanted to embrace a wider range of people. Um, what was the what what was the conversation in those days about? Where was that coming from?
0: Well, I think uh, a lot of it really it it's um, very much influenced by my own experience. So, you know, just like any other church planter, you know, the our shadow kind of casts over the the, the church a little bit. Uh, so maybe if I share with you part of my journey, that that might help to to clarify some of the. You know uh, the development. So I, of course, grew up in in a in a Chinese church and and came over to Toronto when I was a teenager, and uh, shortly after that I committed my life to to serve God full time, and all the while um, attending uh, a Chinese church um, at that time with with English congregation or English you know youth group, and I've thought you know maybe God wanted me to be kind of a bicultural link to, to the ministry, and then I went into Bible college and seminary with the idea of, okay, I'm going to get my degrees and go and serve God, and I'll be able to uh, be the kind of the bridge between two cultures and bring more people to Christ that way, but mainly focusing on the second gen, um, you know, ch- Chinese descent, English-speaking group, but as I went to uh, seminary, especially at Regent College, I, I still remember J.I. Packer, he was my, my prof at that time, and he gave us assignment. He said, "You know, uh, I want you to go through the Bible and and check if this homogeneous unit principle is of church growth or church planting is biblical or not." And that that was kind of the turning point for me when I went to uh, Scripture and and then discovered that uh, okay, that might not be what the Bible teaches. But then, of course, I already about time to graduate, and I graduated, came back to to the to church where I I kind of grew up since I've arrived Toronto and served as their uh, English pastor at that time with the English congregation. And then uh, my mind was just kind of struggling with with, with this. And then I asked my senior pastor, I said, uh, if we are going to call ourselves community church, how come we are not serving the community? Because our community is quite diverse, right? And then he looked at me and said, yeah, we are serving the community, the Chinese community. And I just said, "Uh, okay. And, And this kind of I, I Well, I mean, I was a young pastor, I didn't really want to say, say too much and not too much experience. But after five years, the Lord took me to, or, or provided a, me to, an opportunity to go to Scotland to do my, to do my postgraduate study in, a, in, in Scotland. And I attended, get this, a Scottish Baptist charismatic church. Okay. Right in died right in downtown. <laughs> and 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 uh it's amazing church where I look around. There are people from Asia, people from Europe, people from Africa, you know, Germany, the states and everything. And the worship was just vibrant and alive. And and I look at it and I say, This is Revelation seven nine. This mm-hmm. is what heaven is supposed to be like. And then the thing that really got me over the 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 edge, so to speak, was they invited me to to preach, I say, what a, a Chinese born, you know, English as a sec- second language, foreign student in a Baptist charismatic church in Scotland, preaching to a multicultural congregation. So that that was it. And then I graduated, I went back to Toronto and I, th- I thought, okay, could I share this vision with, with the church, would there be an opportunity? So I went back to Toronto, going back to the same church to pastor, the English congregation. Then there was an opportunity to do a church plant. So I, I talked to the leadership, and say, would you mind if I share this vision and to the English congregation and see if there's anybody interested to to join? So that was uh, the time that I shared the vision with with the English uh, congregational leadership, and some of the people said, finally, it's about time. Wow, and, and that was that was from from the the second gen uh congregation and that that really was was the was the theological foundation the the vision that drives this whole church plant so that that basically how it started
2: i had not heard about your experience with the church in scotland before but it's interesting how so often it is a place that um sort of opens us up to possibilities. You know, you walk into a place and you see what's happening there, and, and it just sort of changes your perspective on, yes. on things.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, like we, I mean, I grew up in a, in an ethnic church. And, and, of course, those of us who are old enough to know that in the 80s and 90s, I mean, the homogeneous, you know, uh, principle was the the church growth thing that push all the churches to to do evangelism, right? You hang out with the people that that look like you, talk like you, you you, you know, and and have a sim similar culture. And that's how church grow, church grow, uh churches grow. So um to to be in a different country in a different place, to see God working in different ways, uh based on, you know, a really good um, understanding of scripture and theological foundation, that when you see with your own eyes, experience it, and that I was able to be part of the ministry team, even though I was a student, but be able to to preach and see how people responded. Uh they didn't fall asleep when I preached. So that, that was kind of a good thing. And um and that changed my whole thing. When when I went back to Toronto, my my whole paradigm just just changed uh, you know, quite a you know, really 180 degrees. So you
2: came up or you developed a concept co- that you've called host culture, coming out of your experience in Scotland. Um, host, tell us a little bit about that concept as a church that was primarily Asian heritage church becoming something more with God.
0: Well, yeah, I mean that's a, a interesting uh, uh, question, and and I think uh, it again it, it based on our experience. Uh, as a as a church plant, uh, one of the interesting thing uh, in the beginning of our church plant, even though we have a multicultural vision, the reality is when you look from the outside, you look at our church gathering together. Uh, even though if you are inside, they like we all spoke pretty well, you know, pretty good English. There's no accent and everything. But second gen, right? They they all grew up in Toronto and and so on. But people looking from the outside, oh, that's a Chinese church because. Most of us are black hair, yellow skin, and they wouldn't even know what's going on. Uh, a story was uh, there was a, a, a Jamaican uh, Caribbean descent couple uh, drove past our church sign and and, and say, oh, there's a cornerstone church. Let's try to uh, try to check it out. And the wife said to the husband, hey, they all look Chinese to, to us. You go in and make sure they speak English. So so the, the husband came in and said, do you guys speak English? I said, yeah, we sure do. And that's when they first came in and uh, said, oh, okay. Uh, They're not speaking in Chinese. They're not speaking in tongues, So they'll be okay to to stay. And that was the first Sunday they came in and they are still with us after 23 years. Wow. So so, uh, this experience basically told me, I said, listen, guys, um, even though we have a multicultural vision and we all embrace it, but the reality, we have a double whammy. The first whammy is that when people look in, they think we are Chinese church. And when they come in, even though we speak fluent English, they still feel that they're in a different country. So we have to do something about this. We cannot be in our comfort zone. And the other side of the whammy is that uh, most of us, when we invite our friends, our social circle is second gen English speaking Chinese. They come in, they know they, you know our friendship circle is 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 just like us, right? So how are we going to break this double whammy? Because we then have to uh, look at ourselves and say we have to do something like a missionary in a sense that I I I use the analogy and say well if if you think about um uh, Hudson Taylor when he went to China what was so so effective for him while he dressed like a Chinese he learn Chinese and, and so on. Well, we are Chinese descent in Canada, in a multicultural city. Whenever we go for meals, we, we go for Chinese restaurant or, or, or somewhat Chinese influenced meals. But now that we have different people coming into our church, we have to be Canadians in a sense that we, we have to be uh, different and be extra friendly so that uh, people who are not Chinese descent Will know that we really want to extend our welcome to them. We cannot stay in our comfort zone. We, our host culture is not Chinese culture. Our host culture is the people that coming in. That should be our way of looking at things. And the the other thing that we have learned um, also is that at that time, uh, I heard someone said, you know, people are not just looking for a friendly church. They are looking for friends in a church. And I think that's where we need to say, you know, friendliness is great, but we need to develop friendship. And our friendship needs to go beyond our cultural heritage. So we need to extend that friendship circle to non-Chinese circle, and also begin to develop meaningful relationship with non-Chinese people and thirdly that that host culture is, is very important is that uh, a lot of time people don't want, want to come to church because relatively quite judgmental in many ways and one of the key element for, for us is that we need to accept people where they are at. We are not trying to coerce them to be like us. We need to respect their spiritual faith journey and help them to walk along you know walk alongside them and help them to meet Jesus, where they're at and help them to grow, to know Jesus in their faith journey so that um, uh, they're not being forced to do anything. They don't want to, we allow them to be themselves, give them the space uh, to let Jesus work in their hearts. So, I mean, basically those are the, the, the three components or the conviction that's behind this whole idea of a uh, host culture. So I don't know if it makes sense to you guys.
1: It's very, um, there, there's such wisdom there and uh, uh, progressive sensibilities, you might say, to, to um, what you've just explained to us in a really beautiful way in terms of host culture. And it really turns the majority-minority kind of uh, polarities on its head, doesn't it? That um, yes. whatever whoever we are, the majority of people in the church, that's the, and whoever we want to welcome in, we have to keep in mind that that's the culture we want to host.
0: Yes, yes. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll share with you another story that I've heard from, from an English pastor, that that's about 20 years ago. And in, in that church, they had a, a really vibrant uh, summer uh, women Bible study ministry in their neighborhood. And over the course of each summer they would they would have uh, drawn you know over 200 non-chinese people to to their church right but what happened was that when all these non-chinese went into a chinese church setting they felt they moved into a different country and they never felt welcome uh, as you know as part of the church everyone still acts like you know the, you know they're chinese and, and all that and unfortunately Um, all the people just left, you know, over, could you imagine over 200 new people just basically because they didn't feel welcome. And that, that's just, uh, um, you know, I I think that's a a unfortunate thing. And that's why I think we, we are really glad that uh, Paul knows uh, pastor Steve, uh, Steve Shaw is is really uh, one of our our key pastors. I mean, he did his, uh, his demon in in hospitality and, and, that's where one of the things that also uh, help us to understand what does it mean to, to have hospitality, welcoming the strangers, and how can we prepare our church to do that? And that's why two years or, yeah, about two years before we move into our building, we spent the whole year teaching our church how to prepare to welcome strangers once mm-hmm. we move into the new building and and that was just a, a refreshing time for us to know that we are here because it is not because we want to have our own club but we want to be extending jesus love to the community to to bring shalom uh to where we are going to be at and and it's it's quite amazing i i told you when we first started we have two non-chinese in our midst right now we have you know, pre-COVID, if uh, if everyone show up, we'll probably be over a thousand people, over 40, uh, over 40 different countries of origins. And the other thing that is unique about our 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 church is that when you come in, you don't you don't see different ethnic groups sitting in groups on their own. It's pretty well integrated. Uh you look around and 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 you don't see pocket of different things. Of of course you know, uh, majority of the dis- uh, Chinese descent, you you see black hair, but nonetheless, you see, you know, Jamaican descent and 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 European descent, and and we all sit together and worshiping together. So that's been kind of uh, for me. Uh, that's why I said it's a miracle because I never thought in my lifetime I would see that happen. But the Lord allowed me to to witness, you know, heaven on earth, uh, you know, uh, for the time being. So.
1: Now, there is a lot to be said for heaven on earth in this beautiful image that you yes. have given us. I s- checked out your website, and I thought it was really fascinating, your statement of faith. Yes. Because there's, an, there's a little edge to it that yeah. I think is saying, hey, people, this is how we create heaven on earth. That's we a- do it by, and I just want to read this statement because it's, um, it's quite potent. While we understand that there might be disagreements, we do ask all our members to never make a secondary theological issue a matter of disunity in the church. If a secondary matter of faith is so important to you that you consider it primary and non-negotiable for church life, then we suggest you find another church with like-minded people where you can fellowship. Tell us about that statement and how that Really is core to extending welcome and hospitality.
0: Yeah, I, I think that is such an important statement. It, it's such a is our passion because um, you cannot be a multicultural church or intercultural church if you always just hold on to your ethnic distinctiveness or your denominational creeds or anything. Because you know, one of the things that we are very, very much. Uh, uh, you know, is non-negotiable is unity and diversity. Is that if we, if you can agree with the uh, the Apostles' Creed, that's all. That's all we 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 want to 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 hold on to because that is really is the foundation of our faith. And I truly believe that um, there are so many. It is not that our church is the only church, right? I mean, God used all kinds of churches, but if you cannot embrace the same vision that God has given us. Then I'm sure in our neighborhood you can find other churches that you, you, can, you, you can feel at home with them. Uh, but we are not gonna compromise uh, what the vision that God has entrusted to us and the mission that God has given to us, because um, this is who we are. Uh, and unity is it's it's a non non-negotiable. And in fact, before we build our building, before we build our or, or even start our campaign, I told the congregation and church leadership. Listen. If we are not united, we don't we don't want the building. We don't want any campaign because it will cause so much dissension, so much disunity, and it will be so much pastoral hassle that we won't be doing ministry at all. We'll just be putting out fire. That's 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 not it. But if we are united in the vision that God has given to us, then we can. The sky's the limit, hmm. and 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 I I I think uh, you know Paul when when he. Was our first capital campaign speaker. I still remember uh, after we announced how much we received on that night with 112 adults. Our goal was to have four hundred thousand dollars raised. That night was 715000 So yeah, uh, seven hundred fifteen thousand. Faith, promise, and and Paul said, and there was no major donor. I've never seen a church with about a hundred adults who have been so committed to the vision. It it really is because of the unity of the church, of the vision that is so powerful to, uh, to have that, uh, you know, motivation for us to do what we do. So I, I sense there's two
2: dynamics that are going on at Cornerstone. One is, you definitely is the miracle side. You definitely have the spirit that's working to, to create this beautiful um, heaven on earth thing. At the same time, your leadership has been ruthlessly intentional from the, around the vision of the kind of church you wanted to create. And over the last 15 minutes, the the profound intentionality um, has just been reiterated over again. So in a sense, it's a miracle of God, it would not be happening if it was not for God. But at the same time, God has really used um the the intentionality of um of the leadership at Cornerstone. Um this is not just a random thing that, oh, the all these people are, are, are showing up together in this space. Yeah. You 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 were very intent. You spent you spent a year getting ready to move into the next facility, knowing there'd be a lot of people coming around to be ready to be um, to 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 create welcome
0: yes yeah I mean I I think to the uh, to the miracle side I, I want to to really um want to emphasize that because really at the end of the day of course we we do need to have our human effort and and we will do our best with the wisdom that God has given us to, to do that but I think one of the key things about the miracle side is that I in the beginning of this church plan I asked God I said listen I I can't find any model in North America, in the whole of Canada, coming out from a minority church to do what we are doing. I, 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 I can't find anybody doing it. So I said, Lord, if you really want this to happen, you need to bring the right people in to help me to, to, to make this happen. So every single defining moment in our church history, that's what God did, is God bringing in the right people into to the church. But in terms of the intentionality, uh, you are right, because you, you cannot say you want to do an intercultural multicultural church by by just dreaming, thinking that's a good idea. you got to have that intentionality uh, to it. But one of the key elements of the intentionality is the leadership that started out. They have to have a clear understanding of why we're doing it and what is the theological, biblical foundation in doing it. Because at the end of the day you know there are lots of organizations out there they are trying to be diverse and all that they're just as successful uh, you know on the surface but from a from a kingdom perspective if we don't have a, a theological biblical foundation there's no way uh, we can overcome that that much obstacles mm-hmm. and and really uh Satan is 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 a fierce enemy if you want to do things that God wants you to do he's going to he's going to do everything to throw everything at us, right? It's, it's a spiritual warfare. So I think that intentionality of, of founding that foundation is key. And, and also knowing the community that we are in. So when we first started again, 35, 33 Chinese descent two non-Chinese, but we move into Markham at that time, 85% was Anglo descent. Mm. So, the next thing we learned was to hire a white guy, <laughs> hence Pastor Steve Shaw, who, who was a, a student in my class in seminary, uh, took a class and, and resonated with the vision. And I told the board, I said, we need to hire a white person to be on staff, to show the community that we are not Chinese church, because it was 85% Anglo descent in, in the community. So as time grew, Markham right now is the most diverse city in the whole of Canada. Wow. Over 80% visible minority. And of the 80% visible minority, over 50% was Chinese descent. So when you look at our church right now, you come into our church on Sunday, pre-COVID anyways, we are a mini reflection of Markham Mm -hmm. city. And that's why people can feel comfortable. So, on staff, as you see on our website, you know we have Caribbean descent uh, people on staff. We, you know, I was Hong Kong born. You know, Cantonese speaking. We have uh, Canadian born, Canadian raised kids, and and uh, you know, uh, pretty well Anglo um, uh, descent uh, staff as well. So, in the board as well, we 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 don't just have you know uh, Chinese descent board members. We have non Chinese. Uh, on our board, so and people on the worship team, we show diverse people. So it, we have to start by making whoever that is uh, up there upfront. People walk in and they say, "Ah, okay, I can identify with with with, with this church now." And one of the, one of the turning point and of our church was when we hired our now youth pastor, Pastor Kevin, who's uh, Jamaican descent. And 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 when he joined our staff, in the within the next year, we have so many um, different color people coming in, because yeah. people begin to say, "Oh, it's not just Chinese, it's not just white Chinese," you, you know, and, and so on. So every single time, God just brought right people in to help us to move the puck forward, and and that's that's the part of intentionality that that that, that you know Paul is talking about.
2: So your your leader team is um, intentionally diverse, and that's visible to people that look at you, your leaders, and they say, "Oh, there's there's I, I can see myself somewhere on this team." Yeah. But also, I would think that is um, that changes the nature of the planning conversations, of the ministry design conversations, when you have that many perspectives of different
0: yes. people. Yeah, and 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 I think that's one of the key thing too is is that um, with different denomination and no background, like we're people from from Roman Catholic background, Anglo, I mean, Anglican and Pentecostal, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist. You know, I'm Lutheran my, myself. Uh, you, you can see the diversity in terms of perspective, right? But one of the key things that that draw us in terms of our ministry planning is that what is the vision and mission of our church? And if whatever we plan is not aligned with vision and mission, nothing personal, nothing personal, just because you think it's a good idea. But if it is not aligned with our vision and mission, then we say, sorry, this is not going to go. So um, anyways, that's basically uh, what, is, what is the drawing power or, or the, the criterion is, are we doing what God calls to do? It's a vision and mission. Uh, that has been the uniting factor even the way we hired you know can you imagine we have a a group of less than uh 150 people we have four pastoral staff and people say why, why, why are you i mean you mean a church with with 150 with four full-time pastors i say yeah we hire for vision so by the time we had 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 our building uh six years ago if we did not have a really solid group we wouldn't be able to handle the jump in in in, in numbers because our, our ministry would not thrive, right? So again, it's from hiring to planning to uh, making major decisions of, of, of investment and all that, it's the vision and mission that drives us. So, yeah. Cool. It
1: looks like on your website as well that a lot of your staff have been with you for a long time. So it yes. sounds like it's a very rich and supportive
0: team,
1: um, yeah. community. Yes.
0: Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, uh, Beth. You know, Pastor Steve has been with us 22 years, almost 23, since almost day one. Mm-hmm. And then Pastor Jeremy, this is going to be his 16th year at Cornerstone. And she, he was a former board member, uh, charter accountant called by the Lord. And, um, you know, Pastor Kevin, the youth pastor, is 12, 13 years. Dorothy was one of one of the uh, founding um Members in, in in Cornerstone as well, and 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 she was a former lawyer, and now become our our COO. I mean, the tenure of our Pasos team is is just um, th- there hardly any you know turnover really. I mean, it it it's the long journey together. I mean, just just think. I think I remember so well what Paul said to to us, you know. Uh, when he came to be our keynote speaker and our opening day in, in moving to the center, he said, "Boy, you know, I have never seen a church holding on to this mission, vision for 17 years. You know, and 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 that's what it is. We, we were 17 years mobile church, and God gave us this building. And it's all because of the, you know, the, the long pastoral ministry uh, relationship that we have. That you know, the ownership that we we all." you know, embrace the the vision and mission. So yeah, lots of friendship, lots of history behind that.
1: Well, it sounds like that intentionality of that unity um, and the the host culture of um, uh, reaching out and meeting people where they are runs Mm -hmm. deep not only for um, your church members, but for your staff team as well. So I think Mm -hmm. I want to hear from you as a leader, Of staff. What are those core things that help engender this sense of longevity
0: and teamwork? Right. Well, there are several things, but let me share with you my personal conviction. My personal conviction is this I learned from uh, a lot of the CEO type, you know, the sole senior pastor. Uh, you know, world-renowned Chinese pastor. I I worked with them before. And what I learned from them is not to do the same thing. (laughs) Uh, And have the willingness to let the people that God has brought into your midst empower them to do what they are good at and they're gifted at. Mm -hmm. Empowering is one of our values, core values. It's the ability to say, you know, uh, it is not, they're not here to help me to do well in my ministry. We are here together in a kingdom ministry. That's why one of the exercises that I've asked them to do uh, a while back, over 10 years ago, to write down their own mission statement, their own vision for their life and see how Cornerstone can help them to develop. And also asking them if we were to help you to do that, how are you gonna help Cornerstone to advance our vision and mission? So that they are here knowing that they're not being used to to move my ministry or Cornerstone ministry. They are here to develop what God has given them to do for the kingdom of God. And that's one of the key element uh, as, a, as a leader. Now, of course, personally, uh, I would be lying if I don't have struggle about insecurity uh, you know uh, I, I'm not the best preacher in our team. in fact I probably would be one of the, the lesser yeah, lesser effective preacher uh, and when people compare you can't expect people not to compare right when they compare, I have to say you know what uh, why should I stand in the way of God using other people to build his kingdom? So I purposely fanned the flame of all our pastors. That's why right now, I only preach once a month. But one of the key element of all the different people who have decided to stay in Cornerstone over the last six years, since we moved in, they said, it is so refreshing to know that we're not just hearing from one guy all the time. It's a pastoral team and only, not only that team, right now we have developed two or three other lay leaders to rotate, be part of that team, to do the preaching. So the empowerment element is is such a, a key element to 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 have and also find finding your own strength and limitation to say that I don't have to be the key guy. I I can I can live with the fact that you know God can use me whenever I, I, I do speak or whatever I do. The kingdom is, is filled with so many gifted individuals. Let, let the power of God shine in and through us, right, irrespective of where, where we're from, and pouring the resource in helping them to develop. So we help Pastor Steve to, to get his demon. Uh, in. Uh, we pay 80% of basically his tuition plus helping him to to. To get scholarship from from the association, and all the pastors that have graduated from seminary, uh, they were involved in a program where, again, the tuition was being paid for. So, so you know, our our continuous development, buying books. I mean, I'm a I'm a reader, so every year we have before when we our budget was bigger, we have at least a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars each person to buy books and and to grow right, and to go to seminars and 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 to attends conferences and all that. So, I mean, these are things I think is important, uh, not just say it's a good thing, but to put the money where your mouth is, you know, let the people know that they are being valued because they, they're they important. Mm-hmm.
2: I think there is a connection between the the leader style that has emerged for you, Andrew, and the ability for this church to really embrace diversity by allowing each of these different leaders, which are, are a part of your diversity they're they're a reflection of it to really shine and to lead and to um to to, to be out there in front in in various ways um it's you you that seems to be very closely connected to the emergence of the diversity across the board um and we could we could explore this whole philosophy of leadership on another whole conversation it's yeah, really interesting yeah, yeah. really interesting to me
0: yeah, well, I I appreciate the fact that um, our people. I I I keep on telling our people. I mean, all the time. I think I'm one of the most blessed pastors in in this city because you know our, our people just love the staff so much, support the staff so much, and and it shows, and the staff also give their best you know uh, especially after this whole year of, of pandemic uh above and beyond uh and and um you know we when when the pandemic anou- was announced we have a town hall meeting we have our senior staff and every staff from senior staff to to the junior staff we decided to have pay cut 50% 30% 20% uh, because we recognize that it's going to be a challenge to to our people who who support us as well uh it, it's all because of the fact that we feel the love of God's people toward us and we love them back and and that is um y- you know again is the miracle that God has given us uh the people that that he has placed at cornerstone uh now that doesn't mean that we are a perfect church of course we we still have, we have we have different struggles just like any other churches uh, but at the same time, we try to always put our vision and mission ahead of us and uh, put our ego aside as much as possible. And, and you know, um, it's a spiritual welfare. So.
1: Andrew, um, this has been such a delightful conversation today. And um, what I'm really uh, getting from you is the depth of uh, your commitment, of your vision, and how you have lived that out uh, with your congregation, with your staff team, um, with, your, with your walk with God. Um, I really encourage people to go to your website and learn more about your church, your values, your statements, uh, your team, just to get a flavor of what um, th- the depth of all of this. So could you please give us a a way to contact you and uh, your website address as well?
0: Yeah, if you want to contact me, you can just uh, email me, andrew at cornerstonechurch.ca, or you can just go to our website, www.cornerstonechurch.ca. Again, www.cornerstonechurch.ca. And I just want to uh, give credit when credit is due. First, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ who fulfilled Brought all these deep people together, demonstrated to us what incarnational ministry is all about. I mean, that really is, is is the one of the foundation. Secondly, I really want to to thank all my colleagues and and all the lay leaders and the board for giving us the the support that is there. But third, but it's not least, uh, people like Paul Nixon, who whose ministry gave us the inspiration to know that somebody have done it, written about it, and and allowing us to learn from him, and and he has been such a resource person uh, to us that uh, I just want to thank Paul for just your continued support uh, to to us. Uh, thank you so much. We we are far from well what you have accomplished and and shown us. Uh, so continue to pray for us. And and Beth, thank you for this opportunity. We we really uh, we are just scratching the surface. I mean, this whole intercultural thing, you know, especially now with with what's going on both in the States and in Canada um, is a challenge, is it, it, a challenge. Uh, but that's what the gospel is, is, is to breaking down walls sort of separation so that uh, God's love can be demonstrated through and through because of what we have done. So, Amen.
1: Uh, Andrew, I really, after listening to this, I would like to invite you back sometime just to talk about those issues and how your church lives out this time of growing um, uh, polarity in culture. Um, And um, I think that would be a a fantastic conversation. So would you be willing to come back sometime and talk to us again?
0: Uh, Sure. I mean, I, I, I really uh, don't have that great an experience in, in all that. And, and uh, whatever little things I can share, uh, I'll be glad to learn with you together. You, you know, I, I'm really, I'm just a little kid on the block and, and trying to do something. With
1: a lot of experience in this area, I have to say.
0: Well, God has been very gracious to me. So uh, I, I'm, I'm really thankful for the opportunity that's there.
1: Well, thank you, Andrew, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. This is Field Preachers Podcast, a ministry of the United Methodist Church.
2: Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much. Field Preachers Podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.